Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. are you? I'm going to keep this episode. Well, you guys may think it's light. You may not, but I had two things come up today. So I'm just going to kind of rant today. Like, yeah, we're going to break brain day. How about that? These are a couple of things that are on my brain and they're not going to flow. It's not going to go together. They're going to be separate topics, but these are just some things that are on my brain. As my girlfriend, Jennifer Dentmore calls it, Briggs brain. What's going on with Briggs brain? <laughs> I swear, guys, one of the reasons why I believe I'm such a fucking amazing coach is because I have to coach my brain. Like if you lift heavy weights, of course, when I come to y'all's brain, it's a lightweight compared to my brain. I just want to offer you that. That the person that you listen to actually has a messed up brain. Like my brain offers me a lot of shit. One of the reasons why I'm so good at seeing my clients shit is because I spend a lot of time observing mine. That's my superpower, right? So let's talk about one of the topics. So I got a little bit of feedback on the hair. Oh my God. Black women in our hair. If there isn't a topic that is more of a trigger point for a Black woman, it is our hair. The way it looks, you can't touch it, it can't get wet, like all of it. What we do to it, how we style it, how we show up, all of it. That was the whole point of the podcast was for You guys to really pay attention to what you're making your hair mean. One of my good friends gave me a quote. I love it when people give me quotes and give me points of reference. I think it's the best. And she told me that Alice Childress in her book, Wine in the Wilderness, talked about Tommy. I haven't read this book, y'all, so sorry. But she talked about the protagonist, Tommy, in her book, Wine in the Wilderness, that she said that one's hairstyle simply may be an accessory. Love that, right? So that's another way, instead of me saying, like, what are you making that your hair mean? How you wear your hair? Because let me tell you, us natural girls, okay, I'm going to call us on our coattails. We have a tendency to think I might be a little bit more woke because I wear my hair natural, right? Because I don't put chemicals on my hair. As if that means something too. And someone who puts chemicals on a hair or chooses to continue to wear their hair straight or continues to like, do press their hair or whatever, even if they don't put chemicals, wants to do a Brazilian press or whatever those is, or 
wants it more, you know, tailored. I don't know. Still wears it short. Where's it long? Where's it bushy? Doesn't wear a fro. Like all of it. Simply, what are you making it mean? Are we making it mean we're more in touch with our blackness? Like I'm blackity black, black, black because I wear my hair a certain way. And thus that means that people who don't aren't. Why? Why? Why do other cultures get to do whatever they want? Make it curly, make it straight, color it, whatever, without it meaning anything. Why can't we do the same? Yes, I truly believe embracing our hair the way it grows out of our head is a must because it is not a automatic like that's unkept. That's not beautiful. I think we get to question that, but also we get to question. And because you do straighten your hair or perm your hair, you haven't accepted that. We get to question that too. Can I tell you about a time, this probably isn't a coaching moment, but maybe I can make it a coaching moment. I remember my daughters, I let them have straight hair. I didn't do anything to their hair, natural hair, because I really wanted them to find their beauty themselves without starting to perm, all of that. Like they were beautiful without all of that. But their father and I were divorced. And so my daughters were over at his house Easter Sunday for that weekend. And his girlfriend at the time, I don't know why, but she took it upon herself to take my daughters to go get their hair permed. I was livid. Like I intentionally did not want my daughter's hair to be permed because I wanted them to find their beauty of themselves without all that. Because I knew if they did it without it, then they for sure could have it with perm. Doesn't matter. Actually, now that I'm a coach, they could have totally found the beauty with it being permed too. Fine. But I was livid. That's another woman would take my kids and perm their hair. And my daughters were like, oh, mama, look how pretty it is. And they put like the little Shirley Temple little ringlets in it. And I was livid, livid. Not a coaching moment. I was just kind of venting on that one. But that's kind of like the things that we, that we do to one another. Like we make judgment. She made judgment on what my daughter's beauty was to look presentable on Easter. And that was a permed head of hair. We do that with our hair all the time. It's an accessory, just like anything else. You can wear earrings, not wear earrings. You can have pierced ears or clip on. You can wear pants, you can wear shorts. What if our hair, the way we wear it, the way we style it was just simply a choice like every other culture that didn't have this story attached to it. What if that was the case? What if you took the story away from it? You can bring it back. Our stories about our hair are optional, 
But what if you just play around? Like, what if I didn't have this story about my hair? What would I do? That's kind of where I am right now with mine. I'm just playing around with it. I may go back to chopping it off, keeping it short, because it's just easier. Y'all, I simply wear my hair the way I wear it because it's easy. (laughs) I can go do whatever. I can make love all night long. I don't care about my hair. I can get caught in the rain. I don't care about my hair, right? That was why I can exercise. I can go run five miles. I didn't care about my hair. All of it. I can exercise five miles, get caught in the rain and still be ready to go. If you asked me to go somewhere, I would be ready in less than 30 minutes. That's why I wore my hair the way I did for so long. So as I just open myself up, It doesn't mean that people who don't do this experience is less or more than. I'm just challenging my own beliefs of what beauty looks like. And so I notice my thoughts like, oh, hair kind of all over the place today. Like natural hair. Listen, if your hair is like mine, you got like 4C, 4B, 3C, 2A, 1 something hair, all, all mixed in. So while one is curling perfectly, the other side is doing like, what the hell are you doing over there on that side? And that's natural hair, right? So I'm just kind of playing with it. I don't know where I'm going to be at it with it, where I'm going to land. I may cut it all off again tomorrow. For sure, it's possible. But I just want us all to reclaim our beauty, regardless of our hair. Bald-headed. I had a girlfriend that just shaved it all off. It was beautiful. Bald-headed. Simply an accessory. Okay, so that was rant one. Rant two. I said this in a coaching session, and my client was like, oh my God, you have got to talk about that. So I'm going to talk about it. We're talking about something I can't remember, but like you guys know, and most of you guys that follow me know some form or familiar a little bit about the thought model or the model created by Brooke Steele, one of my mentors, and the T line, right? Our thoughts create our results. Even if you don't know the model, if you follow, you know, CBT or there are other different versions of this that our thoughts create our results or just the Bible verse as a man thinketh, so is he, right? So we are very familiar with how our thoughts create how we show up because it determines how we feel and how we show up in our goals. But when I first learned this, there were certain things that I was very comfortable putting on the T-line, like if it was about how I showed up in a relationship or how I parented or how I showed up at work or losing weight. But then there were other things that I was like, I can't put that on the T-line. Like if it meant money, I'm going to be a millionaire. I couldn't put that on the T-line. If it was something that was outside of my comfort zone, there was this little bit of like, like, I can't think that like that's dangerous. Right. And I realized I was protecting myself from disappointment. And there were some thoughts that I was like, when my cohorts would think something and I was like, okay, yeah, that's white girl talk. Right. I have to think appropriate for (laughs) 
where I am. And I'm like, oh my God, that's such old programming coming up, right? Like, I wish I did have the privilege to be able to like say I'm going to do that, but you don't understand. I don't have that privilege. And the moment I think that I don't have the privilege to put whatever the fuck I want on that T line, meaning that thought, then I deny myself the privilege to go for it, to do it, to get it. I deny myself because I keep saying that I don't have that privilege. And when I say I don't have that privilege, I deny the very God-given privilege that I have, that God gave me, right? So therefore, I am keeping the internal biases alive in my own thinking because I don't even go for the goal if it feels so outlandish and out of reach. Like, I can't, I can't think that. I'm like, shoot. Like, what do you mean rest? Take month off vacation. What do you mean? Like, uh-uh, black people don't do that. What are you talking about? If you coach with me, one of the things I'm like, wait, slow down, slow down. Like, I want you to be quiet and listen to yourself. Think sometimes, like literally listen to yourself and what you saying to yourself. Why can't you put that on the T-line? Now, I know there's systemic racism and I know it's harder and I know the struggle is not real, even though we still say it's real. Like I'm not reinforcing that the struggle is real. I'm going to do a podcast on that for sure. But listen, if we keep reinforcing that, if what we believe is true, our thoughts create our reality. Therefore, we have just trained ourselves to stay within the box that white supremacy put us in. We're conforming to the box by saying, I can't think like that. The hell you can. Yeah, I said it just like that. Yes, we get to. We get to put whatever we want on that T-line and own it. I don't care how outlandish it is. If Elon Musk can say, I'm going to be the number one car dealer doing electric cars in America. If he can say that and put that on the T-line and defend it to the end. I mean, like no one believed him. I know he probably thought he was crazy for believing that, but he did. And he reinforced it despite the evidence. Number 33, number 20, number 20, go down, like up, down, up, down. Google his rise to number one. I don't know if he's still number one, but Google his rise and you'll see how many times he changed positions. My thought is he had to still keep the belief it was possible for him to be the number one car dealer in America. He had to believe that as outlandish and everybody didn't believe it. What if he wasn't the only one that can have impossible goals like that, regardless of the color of your skin. But because of the color of our skin, we cut ourselves off from outlandish goals. They got to make sense. They got to like be reasonable. 
Like, is this reasonable for me to think I want to be a $10 million coach? Or is it reasonable for me to think I can get down to 135? Or is it reasonable that I could really be happily married, even though 70% of black women are single and I'm 57 and most 50 year old men want 30 year old women? Is it reasonable? Fuck reasonable guys. We get to put whatever we want on the T-line. Stop trying to like make sense of your T-line. Now, I am not as your coach. And listen, if you listen to my podcast, then I think of you as my client. Please come to my master classes because I will treat you as my client. I will coach you, right? That was a plug for my master classes, y'all. <laughs> Go to my website, click the link that says master class. All right, but notice your thoughts about your T-line. Now, again, as your coach, I'm not going to say you go from zero and you make the goal like, I don't even have a job, but I'm going to be a millionaire. Like you don't go from there, but you get to put the first step on your T-line. Like sometimes we can put things that are unreasonable on our T-line and they freak us out. I'm not saying that. It's in there, but like maybe the first T-line is like, how about I get my first couple of clients before I start saying I want to be a millionaire? I haven't made my first $10 in coaching, right? Or whatever it is. I tend to use coaching because that's my business, whatever your business is. Or if you're in corporate America, whatever, like I'm going to be the president of the company when you're not even a manager. Okay, let's go with like first goal T-line, I'm going to be manager. And then I'm going to be district manager or whatever the progression is, right? It can all be with one day I'm going to be president and you can totally own, if it doesn't freak you out, like I'm going to be president of this company. Totally. You can put that on your T-line too. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying a word of caution. Some things we put on our T-line overwhelms us and it takes us out. So if it's doing that, that's one thing but not because it's supposed to make sense to other people. If you believe in it and you know it's possible, put it on your T-line and embrace it and feed it and like protect it. It's yours, right? It's yours. It's your dream. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody but you. But saying that we can't put things on our T-line just because we're not privileged We deny our privilege. And I want us to start doing some outlandish shit because we have the capacity to as black women, as humans, as a human race, we have the capacity to do some crazy ass shit if we just support our T-line, like believe the thought. Imagine if the Wright brothers didn't believe that they could fly. Imagine like all of the things that we have, as outlandish as those things are, they come to pass. I remember Steve Jobs saying something about, or was it Bill Gates? One of them said like, there's going to be a computer in everybody's house. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Outlandish, right? Why do they only get to create the outlandish goals? Queen, you got an outlandish goal that don't make sense to nobody? Create it. Put it on your T-line. You get to. 
You have permission and you definitely have the privilege. Stop denying your privilege. Because if we do, if we say to ourselves, I'm a black person, I can't think that way because of our history, then we have internalized the oppression and we continue to keep ourselves in the box that still exists. I'm not going to say racism doesn't, but hey, we have so many opportunities. Someone blocks us one way where it used to be like, if they blocked us, that was it. They block us one way. We can go around it. We can dig above it. We can go through it. We can go to the left. We can swerve. There's so many options. But when we block it through our thought and we don't take the action to make it happen, be outlandish. Put anything you want on that T-line and own it. All right. That was enough of my rant today. I will talk at you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.